This podcast will contain spoilers for all aired episodes of HBO's Game of Thrones and all published books in George R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire series. Oh god, don't Google giant vagina monsters. <laughs> Greg, what did you think was gonna Welcome to the Vassals of King's Grave Dragoncast Edition. We're back this week to review the seventh episode of Game of Thrones Season 5, The Gift. My name is Zach, also known as Alias in the Podcast of Ice and Fire Forums, and joining me for this review we have... Hello, this is Alex, known as Lucky Charms on the forums. This is Adam, also known as Drown Snow. I am Paul, known as Pod's Plight. I'm Matt, known as Varley. This is Greg, Claudius the Fool on the forums. This is Bane, on Shoeshine on the forums. This is Steven, S.J. Lee on the forums. And there we go. So let us go ahead and jump in for this seventh episode of Game of Thrones. Interesting episode. Looking forward to hearing what you guys thought. Uh, starting with you, Alex, what did you think? I believe I gave it a three on the forums, but... But you, yeah, you said that you were quitting the show. <laughs> I know, that's a pretty right. that's a pretty high so, mark. So let's explain. I'm <laughs> jumping off the point. Let's, let's see how you, oh. see what, what made you feel that. Well, it wasn't like an empirically bad episode, but I'm just too exasperated to continue i don't know it, my it's very complicated but yeah you gotta finish the season no i don't think i can <laughs> what did you think adam uh, it was better than last week mm. you know i don't know I'll, I'll i'll give it i don't know i guess i'll give it a three kind of a non-committal three it was it was all right there were there were some really good moments but yeah i'm still i'm still not over last week the non-committal <laughs> three all right <laughs> what do you think paul um i'm gonna go with the 3.7 seven for the seven episode seven sure. for the seven pointed star <laughs> yeah that sort of thing i really love this seriously mm-hmm. stuff a lot of the other stuff was interesting if not phenomenal still some bummer parts but going with that and you matt i give it a 4.5 on the forums but i'll give it a 4.25 here i've basically written off the dorn story as nonsense so i'm not even grading that it's like you accidentally right. changed the channel and you're just, just yep. you're stuck <laughs> in this yeah. weird world for a few minutes but King's Landing was great. I loved it. The lull was a little weird, but whatever. And the sand, uh, Winterfell thing, I don't see that getting any better until it actually gets better. But I like, or I shouldn't say I like it, but it's interesting that, like, what's going on up there. Sure. How about you, Greg? I gave it a 3.5. I mean, there were just so many part, parts of it that I just abhorred and you know, couldn't stand, and then parts of it that I was just so happy to have just a little line or, or one one sentence, but mm-hmm. just seeing Sansa, like, bruised and knowing how psychologically she's messed up from being raped, you know, night after night by Ramsay, uh, really kind of, you know, pales, and I can't really <laughs> enjoy the rest of it so much, but having Bronn sing, like, the, the end of the Dornishman's wife was awesome until, you know, Tyene booms, boobs McGee kind of, uh, <laughs> saved her, the Dr. Evil antidote, which completely, yes. like, made me laugh out loud. I was like, they're not actually, they're, no, no, they're not doing the antidote. Oh, they're doing the antidote. And I have the other <laughs> I went with boobs. It's a little more tasteful, Paul. But it's all right. Um, it's yeah, show. having Gilly almost <laughs> raped also took it down a little bit. But I gave yeah. two lemon cakes for Maester Amon's. The way they handle his death was really just beautifully shot, and, and the mm. references to Egg and his final line. And also, Stannis has a beard now, so I get plus one for that. So three point five. Sure, beards are worth a lemon cake. Stannis like is supposed to have a beard. Yeah, true. <laughs> I'm not just giving these away for any beards. Bruce, what did you think, Bing? Um, yeah, three. I was kind of bored by this episode, to be honest. <laughs> mm. Not much really happened. 
I mean, I mean, at the end, I guess Cersei got thrown into jail. That's big deal. But a lot of the stuff just didn't make any impression on me whatsoever. So, I mean, and, and the stuff that's disgusting is disgusting. But it's also just the boring kind of disgusting, and not the mm, completely okay. revolting type of disgusting. Now, I got you. How about you, Stephen? <laughs> so I think my issue with it is if you look at it in the context of how of last week's episode that this this episode really lands with a dull thud. Um, I was hoping that they would shine a little bit of light of what they intend to do. And instead they doubled down. I read a couple of articles. um, Zach, you shared one, I think from the Washington post about how game of Thrones has always been about sexual violence, but the show really doubled down on that where uh, Mikal last week was talking about how come every female character in the show has to be threatened with sexual violence. And then we have Gilly, like a significant portion of her character arc in this episode is about her threatening, being threatened with rape. Right. I felt the scene with Tyene was pretty exploitative and not very interesting. And also just kind of a terrible scene in general. I like Gilly and Sam. I think they're like this sweet component to the game of Thrones show that's just really pleasant to watch, especially in contrast to everything else. There were definitely good parts of the episode. I I, I love the High Sparrow, but overall I'd probably give the episode like a 2.5. Okay. It's interesting to hear this kind of lukewarm reaction because I think a lot of people actually were, were pretty big fans of this episode from what I'm seeing. Or at least they think thought of it as a, you know a big bounce back from last week. I wouldn't really go that far personally, though. I did, did enjoy lots lots of of the episode. I did really like everything in King's Landing, and I thought that 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 even though the the whole scene we'll get into this in Dorne was you know odd and you question why it exists, I thought that it was that in terms of the Sand Snake characters, in a very small way, it was kind of a bounce back for them. Just seeing them acting more more human and not you know all hyper like oh we'll kill everybody yeah i thought for me it still was a you know a fairly mediocre episode so i'd give it like a 3.5 and and there are definitely quibbles but there was a lot of good stuff too so so for the most part i think i enjoyed it but let's go ahead and jump in starting with the wall where we first get this little bit with john and tormund gearing up to head out for hard home alistair thorne says that this is a bad idea but john you know he's like i'll take that into consideration and completely ignores him and then sam says farewell to john as well but also handing off some dragon glass surely that won't be important i really There's... liked uh Tormund's pose to alistair thorne he's like come at me bro what'd you get and also i wish they would give ollie like a cloak or something he's just sitting out there in his shirt he mm. looks cold <laughs> there there are True. four there are four reaction shots of him just looking pissed <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe they're foreshadowing something. I don't know. It's entirely possible. We'll see. And I'd love to to talk about this because it's just like the whole mechanics of it in the show. I'm really concerned about because, of course, they're probably setting up for for the watch. I think we assume, or at least I assume, that's going to happen at the end of the season. Maybe not. Maybe it's going to happen later. But it just feels like it's going to happen too fast. It is not going to be enough justification for it. Like if it's just Ollie like going to kill him because he's mad at him about the wild things. Like I just, it doesn't have the same impact for me. Yeah. And I'm worried it's going to be the same kind of thing with the Lord Commander election, where it just doesn't have that same blow. And people are going to be pissed. Like why would they kill John? They're going to be saying stuff like, "Oh, it's for shock think, value. They needed they... a big kill." Like that kind of thing, and I'm concerned about that. I think that the TV show might be able to get away with it from simple scale. Like if they're able to do some sort of camera shot where thousands of wildlings are like passing through gates, it might give the sense of like, oh no, John, this is a terrible decision. What have you done? That yeah. maybe isn't easy to communicate in the book form. Sure. Question mark? The thing is, yeah. in the book, the thing that the, the straw that breaks the camel's back, as far as I'm aware, is that he he decides to break his vows in another way by marching to Winterfell. 
mm-hmm. to deal with Ramsey, yeah. and I don't know if they're going to do that here. Maybe they are, because we do get later we do get Ramsey talking some Jon Snow, so it's possible. Mm. Yeah, I don't think they're going to get to uh, actually have that, but I think I think they have to have the you know the, the for the watch this season. That that seems what they're building towards, and I think they rush through the Lord Commander stuff because they that will give them time to play out the rest of it. Yeah. But yeah, at this point, it's it's not so much who's going to stab Jon. We should be like you know thinking of who, who's not going to stab Jon. He doesn't get a smile Everybody. from anybody. <laughs> All ten guys that are left. Is Bowen I really Marsh? don't think it will happen this season because. Okay. I'll they're about <laughs> all right five bucks uh, no because just because <laughs> uh, confidence oh boy all right a thousand let's do this oh, i don't know how to oh, witness <laughs> um no just because they have to go to hard home and they have to come back and then john has to get subbed like in they, the season in episode 10 they casted bowen marsh and did he go with john no, no, I th- no, as far as I know, I mean, maybe the, the, there no, has to be a few Ed other people. With, with right, yeah, there's right, a few Ed other went. people with him, but I don't think that it was too many. Okay. No, they showed, because Bowen Marsh was, like, standing by Sir Alistair when they, when they oh, marched Oh, okay, out. never mind. They still haven't called him Bowen Marsh, so I don't know. No. What's, it's just that other yeah. guy who's kind of in charge of something. Yeah, I have to yeah. assume it's probably Ollie, given how much attention he's getting, like Alex was saying. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's going to happen this season. I just, yeah, I'm concerned about it. I, I assume in terms of timing with Hardhome, I think that's all going to happen next episode. I think a lot of the next episode is going to be devoted to that, so. Well, like, the next episode is it's called, t- called Hardhome, yeah, so. Home, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I suspect that'll be done with by then, so I think there is time for him to get back and for whatever to happen to happen. You think it's going to be like a one and done, like they're in and out in an episode, like a, uh, I think like so, when they yeah. went to Craster's. Yeah. My my just random prediction is that, especially given the stuff with the dragon glass, that that others of some sort are going to show up and force them out of there. And I also think this pretty much pr- well proves as much as I I think it is that we're not going to get the Battle of Ice this season because if we're having this major battle at at Hardhome, then there's just not enough time for it to go back down south to a yeah i don't think we're getting plus stannis is stuck in snow so i honestly i don't think we're getting either i think that's going to be our big battle it's going to be hard home and it's going to be that's next that's that's the two big so so i guess we can so hope they, they get would... that in the books first <laughs> well, they they could, switch they up could... their formula and do it in episode eight instead of instead of episode nine to have the big thing yeah maybe we can have two big things and then end it with John. Mm. They we could just pull see. like uh, the Fist of the First Men, where season finale is maybe <laughs> the battle's about to happen, and then start a next season. Ooh, that was a big battle, guys! Oh, right? Pretty crazy, <laughs> huh? Man, so much money we saved. Yeah. Well, let's I hope, hope not. not but... Yeah. <laughs> let's go ahead and move to the next one we get, which is Maester Aemon's deathbed, where he has Sam and Gilly there, staying with him in his final hours, and we get. The thing that I think we were all hoping for, at least I was. Um, egg. Some, some I, egg. I, yeah. I was old. Yeah, egg I dreamed that I was old. Which was really I nice. I actually sighed out loud. I went, aww. They did it. <laughs> they did it. <laughs> and it's, it's cool because as far as I'm concerned, this is pretty much purely for book readers giving this this much attention right? right like there's no other reason to do this yeah. especially i mean even exclusively well i guess maybe not exclusively but also for people that have read duncan egg which is an even smaller sample size mm-hmm. i mean they've mentioned duncan the tall before yeah true very quickly and i guess i mean this is just a i guess a throwaway line and I, I don't know how if Aegon Targaryen is going to be important at all for the rest yeah, of the story. Yeah. He's the only guy that died old and by natural causes. I mean, so that's yeah, pretty cool. I think that's kind of part of the reason they did it is they wanted to have this sort of like just nice, you know, like peaceful kind of death thing juxtaposed with, with you know, the rest of the series, which is all horrible, violent, you know, terribleness. 
I think that was part of their intention, why they yeah. decided to give it so much. So what do you think about him, uh, like, loving the baby and telling them to go south? Well, yeah, so yeah, it seems like we, it, with this and some of the stuff we were getting in earlier episodes, it seems like we are indeed going to get Sam and Gilly going to, to Old Town next season, I guess. Not this one, but yeah, it's gonna, yeah. gonna happen. We were kind of convinced earlier on in the season it wouldn't yeah, do we it. Might not, we might not get them in Bravos, but we'll probably get them. Yeah, like, probably more direct. Getting to Old Town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the King's Road. It just goes straight there. And there's yeah, no just shoot down there. They'll pass Brienne and Pond on the way there. They'll be fine. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> or Gendry. Yeah. <laughs> Gendry will pick them up, take them down. I wonder if they'll end up in Old Town, because they haven't done anything to seed that plot at all, really. Yeah, maybe they'll just go straight to, like, to, um, what's it called? Sam's house, Sam's land. What is that? Um, Horn Tarly. Horn Hill. Horn Hill. Tarly place. <laughs> Maybe they will do that. But I think the Old Town part's kind of important, and we do get, well, at least we know that there's no maester on the wall, so maybe they'll seed that in somewhere, you know, him being trained. Yeah, I just wonder, because the whole Greyjoy plot seems to be, you know, it, it's a significant portion of the middle books in the series, and it's completely gone now from the show, as far as we can tell. Uh, did you, did we? Yeah, did time. Yeah, I mean, I think we can talk about this, so yeah. if you guys don't mind. It's coming back. There have been some rumors of casting for next season, and some of it does seem to show that we are getting both these things, Old Town and uh, the Greyjoy plot. Uh, Uh, My ignorance revealed. Hmm. There's been uh, whispers that Gemma Whalen is going to be in episode 10, so that we may have some Greyjoys in the season finale. Hmm. Oh, this season? Mm Mm-hmm. Isn't that Ciara? Yeah. yeah. It's going to be a really stupid scene like we had back in, I guess, season two with her and Balon. Like, I'm going to go rescue Theon again. <laughs> no, no, no. She has no. to roll all the way around a fucking continent, so it would make sense that it took her 12 episodes and to get back to Pike. <laughs> we, find out, we find out that's where Gendry's been. I'm going to bring the next 50 best killers from the <laughs> Just reload. The ones that are going to bring some dogs. this time. Uh. It won't actually be Yara. It'll be Arya wearing her skin as a faceless man to kill Balon. Mm. Ooh, I like <laughs> well, that. yeah, I think the reason why they might have partially pushed some of this stuff back is because they want to put Arya, newly trained Arya, into some of this action, maybe. Maybe this will be their way of putting her back into Westeros. Mm. Put Arya in Old Town, maybe? Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, when was our when was the last time we we did anything with Balon on the show? I mean, even really had him mentioned. It's been quite a while. Well, they just he mentioned him. Yeah, yeah. I think he's the last the last time he shows up is when uh, Yar uh, decides to go off. <laughs> season end of season three. <laughs> nice catch there, Bing. Mm-hmm. We have um, the next day Sam giving the eulogy for Amon, who has now passed. He's burned on a pyre. Just very nice, cool moment. All the Night's Watch light parts of the pyre. But then we get this comment from Alistair to Sam that he is running out of friends, and, and this is a, a thing to be concerned about, which is immediately followed up on in the next scene we get on the wall, where Gilly's uh, is in the mess hall place doing scouring a bowl together. I don't know what she's doing in there. Laundry. I think she's doing laundry. Laundry, yes. And she and two Night's Watch men approach. They attack her. Sam shows up to protect her, but he is brutally beaten, unable to overcome them, and then goes arrives to scare them away. The scene with, with um, Sir Alistair, like, last yeah. season, they it seemed like they almost went out of their way to build him back up in the, the viewer's eyes. Like, right. he's the guy defending the wall. Like, he had some really kick-ass moments, and I was like, yeah, I get it. He doesn't like John, but he put his differences aside, and they worked together. And now, just the second he's gone, it's just right back to old Sir Alistair. Well, I, I mean, you can read it that way, but I kind of also thought it was like, watch out, Sam. Keep, like, mm-hmm. watch your back. 
back kind of thing, and I thought that might. Oh, you yeah. don't you don't think he was one of those guys who was not one of his friends? Because <laughs> I thought that was. A oh yeah, he's not his friend, but I don't think he's directly antagonistic. I, I don't know. I think he would have been like Sir Piggy, watch yeah. your back, or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, you know, like, like it's in this weird middle ground of is it a threat or is it just Sir Alistair being a dick? Oh I yeah. Can't much more threatening. I hope it's not, though. I'll, I'll be happy to be wrong about that. So you were mm. thinking he sent those guys, or... He just oh, no, but I just saying. thought he's officially involved in whatever's going on against John, and and mm. Sam is definitely on the other side of that. Sam does have no other friends. He, who else does he have? <laughs> the Ravens? I didn't take it as big as a threat, like, just like, yeah, you don't have any friends to protect you. I'm not going to do anything to you, but everyone that perceives that you actually up-jump them because of Jon Snow, they're going to go after you. Yeah. And he doesn't like Sam's weakness and reliance on other people to fight his battles for him, so he's kind of like, you got to toughen up, and that's what it's all about. And that he mm. does. He definitely gets, mm-hmm. you know, that moment to, to stand tall not that it would have someone else fight the battle for him yeah, <laughs> yeah. he can take a punch he can take seven punches incredibly i felt like he and should have been kicks. more injured yeah didn't lose yeah. a tooth well, i'm pretty sure all that, that fat tooth to watch, or something <laughs> so yeah we do get this scene here with gilly you know being attacked and obviously we've kind of voiced a little bit of our you know discontent with that idea earlier any more thoughts on this so i watch a lot of bad anime from the made during the 80s and 90s and this yeah. is a very standard cliche. Yeah, like two people coming together from like trauma. Yeah, yeah. And the, the, why is Game of Thrones supposedly one of the best TV shows with some of the best writers r- repeating a cliche in, from yeah. bad 80s and 90s anime? And that, well, it's not just bad 80s and 90s anime, it's bad fiction. Yeah, that's right. that's really my big problem with it, right? Is that it's just so like basic and, and, mm-hmm. and just not interesting writing. I think that, that that really is what kills it for me. And I have to wonder, like, why do they have to do this now? Like, why do they have to set up, like, the Sam-Gilly relationship now? There's no, like, reason in the plot that this needs to happen right now. And they just kind of they throw it in there for, for this. And it's just not an interesting way of doing it. But again, can I point out that we're okay with Gilly being raped by her father and impregnated by him? Not okay with that. But I think that, but I think <laughs> but that no, in terms like... of, of, of people, you know, being upset about the idea of her immediately, you know, like, initiating relations with Sam after this this traumatic thing is that she is so desensitized because of who she is right and i think so too and i think a lot of people miss that just like even show watchers they should have known that she was abused and i mean it's not good (laughs) but she's been abused her entire life by her own father she got impregnated by her own father and I, i feel like these two guys trying to mess with her she was handling herself better than anyone else in the show sure but this is not about her reaction specifically as inventing this whole plot thread just so we can get i guess sam and gilly in bed it's 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 the, the the it's not so much how the character reacted and so much like that like rape didn't even happen here really so uh, I guess but it's no, just no but the, I mean there's the overtones of yeah. they're about to rape her yeah yeah and, and it's just it's just the story this sort of story element is boring and 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 completely cliched and they really didn't need to resort to the, these sort these sort of story to move no, to. No the plot at, along and not appalled that this exists i'm just i just rolled my eyes yeah I like did too. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well that's a different that's a different sort of ridiculous <laughs> the the next scene gilly takes sam to some place 
and cleans up his wounds and and the uh, vows are broken as we do get this moment. <laughs> no pink mast was shown. Uh, I don't know how we feel about that. <laughs> well, no vows were bo- broken either. He didn't take him to wife or ah, a child. Yep, there you yep. go. Yeah, yeah. Cool. an argument. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's breaking the vows these days. It's the new cool thing. So I also don't think it's that advisable after that like traumatic head injury. I don't think you're supposed to do any kind of exertions or any kind of well he wasn't yeah, really doing much exerting i don't think yeah. i think that he she was... had to make sure he didn't fall asleep though so she's just keeping <laughs> <Yeah>. him awake <laughs> i don't know if that worked out but then he's gonna be tired yeah <laughs> oh my <laughs> they don't have the nfl con- uh, concussion protocols at the wall no apparently not <laughs> I don't know. I, I had a lot of issues with these scenes. One, I think they were just rushed together. Even if they separated them with some indication of time that Gilly came to Sam after he was healed a little bit, it might have not felt so abrupt, so jarring. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think there is... Matt, I think you raise a valid point that Gilly might be really desensitized, but at the same time, the other argument is she, like, sex to her is a traumatic experience, so kind of a a healthy sexual relationship will be very challenging for her, and obviously Sam is kind of a a safe partner, at least she feels safe with him, so maybe, like, there's a, you can rationalize it, but I think I I endorse Bing's opinion that it's just kind of sloppy and cliche. Like, the only thing that could have made it more cliche is if Wolf, uh, if the wolf didn't save the day. You know, if, (laughs) like, Sam has defended her, and now this is his reward. It's like, Uh, oh, so she wasn't, her her sexuality wasn't stolen from her. It was earned by another man. You know, there's, Mm -hmm. like, all sorts of really problematic layers to these scenes. (laughs) That that makes sense, yeah. But I do think that that if you're going to go for the rationalizing point of view, you can, because this has been building for a while, right? They've been, they've been together for for like three seasons or two seasons this is probably the easiest pairing to make sense of that yeah right but i don't even think you need this right you can just happen at this point and it would just be natural to everybody Mm -hmm. like you could have had the scene where uh gilly was comforting sam because he was upset about master maester aemon which would make a lot of sense and then kind of use that cliche instead you don't have to have anything about the violence well in the books they use that cliche (laughs) Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and in the fun. books they make it like a religious thing almost, where the you know the captain's like, "You have to do this. It's what we do." So, <laughs> yeah, this this just felt kind of like checking something off their list. Yeah. yeah. For sure. This is this this sort of, sort of same sort of thing happens in a horrible movie called Wicked City made during the eight, late 80s and 90s. And if Game of Thrones is copying story threads <laughs> from Wicked City, which also features giant vagina monsters coming <laughs> to life, then I don't know what to, what else to say. Well, maybe we'll get some giant vagina monsters soon in the show. That would be cool. You, you haven't seen the latest art for the White Walkers yet, clearly. <laughs> uh, Let's go ahead and move to Winterfell where, where we get... Oh, God. Don't Google giant vagina monsters. <laughs> Greg, what did you think was going to happen? <laughs> I'm just curious, but it, it, I think it was mostly like stuff from, from Tremors, but I just saw it for a split second and then I went, like, What did no, you think was going to happen? I don't know, but you can't just drop that bomb and not, someone's going to look, right? Hashtag no. Greg. Don't Stannis, Google Stannis, vagina Stannis. monsters. Hashtag Greg. <laughs> I'm not even sorry. Right. <laughs> oh, that was great. Let us let us move to Winterfell, where we we have lots of snow, just a whole bunch of it, and we have Theon bringing some food to Sansa. We see Sansa in her bed, um, badly bruised, and she gets up as she hears Theon. She asks him for help, 
Theon is reluctant, but he seems to be convinced it feels that way anyway, and he takes the candle she gives him to light at the broken tower. Um, but but as he travels there, it turns out he's not going there at all. He's going instead to visit Ramsay. I was actually confused by kind of like the, the editing of this, and I think it was intentional. Like I thought that for some reason Ramsay was in the broken tower. Yeah, like so he that, caught him. Me yeah. too. Me too. Yeah, but no, that's <laughs> my not girlfriend's what like no. She he brought it to Ramsay in his tower. I was like no, he didn't. Shut <laughs> up. So, but yeah, we we do get we get Reek here. He is not he's not changed. He's not gotten any better. He's not become Theon again as we were kind of thinking might happen at least so far. Yeah, so, I think he. I would have been disappointed no if he actually conversion. just changed so fast. I mean, the the changes that he went through with the shit that was done to him that you don't just bounce back from that. And it's going to be at least two episodes, you know, instead of at least one two. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you would have been disappointed, and I mean, I would have too. But would you have been surprised given? No, not at all. I think since the inevitable result has to be Sansa escaping, they're trying to keep up the Game of Thrones image of, like, hopelessness and, like, this is not going to work out as much as they possibly can before they get to that point. Because that has to be the end result, right? Like, they can't just have her be here and stuck here, right? Well, we don't know. Didn't think she'd be raped either, but... As Mikal's point last episode, that Sansa basically gets a reset as a character... I think you do see that in this episode a little bit in that she's seeking for someone to be rescued. And I'm hoping that, you know, now that she's realized Theon has failed her and and the older woman, which we'll get to in a minute, you know, is no longer available to help her either, that she has to do something herself. That's where I'm hoping this is building. So we'll kind of see like fast forward character growth on her. Well, and she I mean, she's grab- still digging, digging Ramsey like she did Joffrey. It's like, yeah. oh. You're you were a bastard. I was legitimized by oh another bastard, and then he has this like great act line of like hate, and then he's just like oh, let me show you something. <laughs> so yeah, we do get that next scene where where she goes to Ramsay out on the battlements. Um, he asks her there because of course he found out about the thing, and he shows her the flayed woman, which is horrible. But yeah, we do get a bit of this Sansa talking back to Ramsay, so. She's not. She's not. And broken, she grabs that corkscrew. Yeah. And she grabs the corkscrew. Uh, the most telltale thing I think I've seen on the show. Like put it in yes. her inventory for later. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder. Mouse over it. Mouse over it. Mouse yeah. over it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Does so that will make you nervous that you know you're gonna have Brienne, Pod, Theon, all the same, and we know that only one of them is probably gonna rescue Sansa. So do you, do you think that? that's going to be the end of you know, Brienne dying in defense of Sansa or maybe Pod getting in the middle, but I don't see Theon. all four of them. Yeah. I don't see all four of them getting out to Stannis camp or, or wherever they escape to. Yeah, no, I definitely don't see that either. I mean, they've kind of been building I, up that, that, that Brienne is going to give her life for Sansa. So. I actually see uh Ramsey wearing an eye patch pretty soon. Ooh, and turning into Euron. Then <laughs> 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 he goes and gets a drink. Sansa gouges out his eye and he's like, oh, I need to be a pirate now. <laughs> I mean, who, who, who of that, who of that group would we want to live? Like, let's say Sansa escapes and only one of them makes it out with her. Like who's, who's best served. You the know? answer is pod. Good answer. (laughs) Interesting thing with the whole Brienne situation is that she wants to kill Stannis, right? So if they're taking her to Stannis's camp, which I don't think the plan is, but if they somehow end up needing to do that, that could be uh, what's going to happen next with that. I feel like they've set up the Brienne versus Stannis thing too much to actually just kill her with Ramsay randomly. So I don't know. Yeah, it seems more likely if they want to throw someone away, they would throw a pot away. Sorry. <laughs> it is his plight. 
I think that I thought it was a pretty good follow from what happened last episode. I well, didn't think it was too bad. I think they just it, it goes back to the fact that the, the the only way they can show Sansa's strength is to have her show cutting remarks back at other people. Sure. Yeah, I, nah. It's just it's a tricky situation though, right? Because what else can she do? Like she she doesn't right. have a lot of she options. She tried to manipulate Theon and force him to do something, but it didn't right. work out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which that scene was really great. I thought her badgering Theon. That was better. Uh, yeah. But. I think the scene that w- where Theon finally will help her is when he, it has to be after he tells her that. Hey, yeah. I didn't actually kill your brothers. They're alive, and that could still bring them together. But until he's safe enough to trust her with that, I don't think he can. We can expect Reek to. Well, I feel like until that until that comes out somehow, he's still Reek, right? Like, and he who else is going to bring that out? I mean, Ramsey's not going to tell anyone that unless I mean they're the only ones who know, right? I wonder if they'll invert the books and have Sansa escape and take Theon with her rather than the other way around. Like Theon takes. Wow. Takes, why, uh, would why would she want to at this point? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. well, that's easy. If um, if he knows that uh, you know Bran and Rickon are alive, uh-huh. she's like, well, people need to know he's the proof. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like that would be that would be her motivation for trying to get him out of there. That's kind of how I see it going down. And then maybe they run into Bran in the Winter Town below Winterfell. Maybe. So hmm. he plays like the Davos role where he knows that there's a Stark heir. Well, because Davos sense. is with Stannis right now. So. Yeah, but. He plays he plays the Theon role, but then maybe maybe Brienne plays the uh, Davos role and goes to wherever Rickon is. Ooh, that's yeah. cool. I like Sansa that. gives her that order. It's like this is how you can protect me. Find my brother. Mm. Oh, I could like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I like that. I like how we're settling all this stuff. Yeah. That probably restore my house. <laughs> I figured it out. <laughs> Problem solved. Hire Saul's writers. <laughs> but it is kind of fun obviously. that we're doing such speculation that we all have no idea what's ha- ha- going to happen. It's That's interesting. Kind of That's why I like about the series now. It's it's diverged so much from the books that what the fuck could happen? <laughs> yeah, and I think <laughs> this know. episode was like the most of that for me, where there's like just so much stuff happening that is so beyond the pale um, for the books uh, for the most part. I mean, we get some of it like a little bit in King's Landing and things, but it just a lot of it is just completely like new. And and th- there's good in that, but I also I'm worried a bit because one of the other things I noticed in this this episode was that some of the like the logic in the scenes I feel like is fraying at the edges a bit. Like they're just not making as much sense to me. And maybe that's just <laughs> my perception as like the book reader who expects things to happen a certain way. But I just I'm noticing a lot of little things that are off. Just Closure attention to detail, like for <laughs> like this scene, like why did how did Ramsey know? That the the old lady was working with Sansa. I guess he just guessed because Theon brought him the candle. But but how would she know that she gave him the, her the candle? Like how like because she was the one serving her. in Sansa's room. Yeah. yeah, maybe she's the only one that's yeah, been in there. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. I guess they're yeah. skipping steps to right just yeah. get to something really quickly and and maybe before when they did that earlier in the show we had book knowledge that we kind of overlooked. Yeah. We just you know, filled in the gap more now. That's a very good point. Yeah, yeah, that's a very good point. I think that is kind of what I'm feeling. I, so, I'm really curious if the show quality will seem to improve once they escape the released books, and no longer have to, you know, include this scene here and make sure this line gets said and. And, you know, some character has to do this, so we have to get them to hear all those little difficulties that sometimes make the show feel very strange. And, you know, little fingers, time machine, teleporter, that stuff might be smoothed out when they don't have to so closely follow text. I, I have my doubts because the text is partially what makes this show so great. Mm-hmm. But just a thought. Yeah, we will see. In the meantime, we move 
to place near Winterfell in, in in the north somewhere where we have Stannis's camp. As previously mentioned, we have Davos going into Stannis's tent to inform him that horses have died, 40 horses, and that the Stormcrows have abandoned them, retreat, you know, like made off because uh, they don't want any more of this shit. And uh, then we have him exiting Melisandre, tell Stannis that the only way out of this is to do some, some of her stuff. She saw in the flames that the Bolton banners were being taken down and that she stood on the battlements of Winterfell, but but sacrifices need to be made to make this possible. And, Ooh. yeah. Mm. <laughs> but, we all know what's going to happen, but it's... Yeah. I don't think it can happen with Stannis's... With Stan, if Stannis is there when it happens, because that whole father-daughter scene we got, he would not let that happen. So I think mm. something, something's... Maybe there's, like, an assassin of the night, or he's out reconnoitering, and, and they just go through with it, like Solis tries to do it behind his back. But... Yeah, that but could not, be. A, but not only that, his direct response was, "Are you crazy?" Yeah, and this but he looks conflicted afterward. Sandra, you know, rattled really. Like she, she's like, "Oh wow, I didn't expect that response." I, I think. I mean, I'm not as much of a Sandus fan as you guys, but I, I, I don't. I don't know. I, I, I don't think he's going to do it at this point. I think that 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 that's not what he wants to do. Obviously, but I could see him doing it. I could see him making that choice because he, he does look conflicted afterward and, you know, he mm. want like, this is his whole life wanting to win here and he, he seems to at least genuinely believe that she can make that happen. It's just if he can get past the cost of it. Yeah, but well, then no, he should have gets with him and then he, then he would have given in right after afterwards. She would have, he would have been in her, in her pocket. Another thing this scene shows, though, is that, you know, like, Stan, Stannis has flaws, right? Like, you know, he, mm. he is, like, sexually attracted to Melisandre. That is a thing, right? It's not is character assassination to do that. He's a man. <laughs> yeah, it's like a negative aspect that he's so ensorcelled by her. Well, hey, if you yeah, but, look, I, but look at John. He give up his only yeah. heir. Right. Just to yeah, get it doesn't make sense to me. Sure, yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying he's gonna do it. I think that you guys make a good case for why he wouldn't. I think that that whole idea of Solis doing it behind his back makes sense. But I'm just saying it could happen. And I think that that the scene with with Shireen there is to show that it is more tragic that he would do that, right? I, th- I think for it to happen, there would have to be some like great sign, or you know, like there would have to be something. Sure. Where you go, oh, yeah. gotta do it. Oh, now. Balon's dead. Like, okay, we're good now. You know. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, but wonder... doesn't her blood also contain a grayscale? <laughs> Hopefully it's not recessive dragon, right? and it'll pass right into the dry to the shadow baby. My big problem was the fact that Stannis's beard has grown, but Davos's hasn't. So it means like Davos's Davos beard has, has just... found time to trim his beard and you know, while there's horses dying and men probably have some sort of malaria or typhus around him. So Hey, he does he has four less fingers cold. to trim. <laughs> <laughs> the time saved is exponential. <laughs> Point taken. All right. Let's head down to another interesting place. Dorne, where we get mm-hmm. uh first we get um Jamie in his nice cell. Arya Hota brings Myrcella in to satisfy his concerns about her well-being. Myrcella asks a very astute question, "Why is this happening at all?" I, I wondered the same. <laughs> and I've been uh, here for years. Yeah. She's been here for I've years. I've been here for three seasons, yeah. Jamie. <laughs> and she'd like to stay. I got recast. I've been here so long. <laughs> yeah, you look different, Jamie. <laughs> Speak <Yeah>. for yourself. <laughs> 
you look quite different as well. But yeah, uh, Myricella, or God, Myricella, I'm sorry, guys. I just you can't say it however you want. Myricella. I, I did do styrofoam last, last time like around. Here, so man. I'm known to odd pronunciation Myricella. here and there. <laughs> so yeah, we get her. She wants to stay. She wants to marry Tristan. And it seems like she will not budge on that point. And, and Jamie just seems confused, un- un- doesn't know what to do. And, and that's the resolution, at least so far with this. So. Well, they left this yeah. door open when he left. But she left. <laughs> so he's obviously not in a cell. Yeah, it's like a it's like a stateroom. He's got like a whole floor to himself. It makes yeah, sense. There though, are right? bars on the windows, so yeah. it's kind of silly. He doesn't seem in in any danger. Uh-uh. Well, well, no, but that's 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 the point though, because right. I don't think Doran wants to piss off Cersei. Exactly. Yet. It makes sense that they would treat him like this. I think that our perceptions might just be skewed a bit because of how bad things are going in King's Landing, but he still right. has accorded privileges. So any thoughts on this bit with Jamie? It's pretty like pointless. I feel so. I- I thought the dialogue was pretty painful. Yeah. It was yeah. it was a pretty typical teenager fighting with an elder. I thought it would have been really great if Marcella yelled, you know, the ultimate cliche of you're not my real dad. And <laughs> oh, wait. Jamie looked really uncomfortable. <laughs> that, that's that I was waiting or Jamie's for. Jamie's like, like Father, do you yeah. listen to me. <laughs> I was waiting for the Maury moment, you know, like, look, you know. Right? You, you know. <laughs> That's Funny happen, how, how ob- oblivious the Baratheon children seem to be about this. You know, Joffrey seemed to know and be in denial. Tommen, in this episode, references Robert as his father with, like, no hesitation. Marcella, obviously the same, as far yeah. as we know. It's like, weird. Joff- Joffrey just couldn't admit it. And Tommen, I mean, Tommen was, like, five when all this Yeah, they were so, so young. They're very sheltered people. Now he's 17. It's weird. It's <laughs> strange. He grew up fast. Yeah. <laughs> He's the only and character still... to truly get a five-year jump. And he was banging Natalie Dormer, so that's good. <laughs> that's well, distracting. He was. <laughs> he was banging Natalie Dormer. I'm in love with her mom. I love her. All right, but first we get some more seduction. The brawn in the cell. He's finished, he gets to finish the Dornishman's wife. Tyenne is very impressed, so impressed that she does begin to seduce him, but, you know, reveals that she had poisoned him, and, and I guess you can make the argument part of this was to, to activate the poison with his increased heart rate with how enamored he was. Oh, God. Um, that seems like that was definitely the point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, uh, you know, shows off some stuff. And, and Bronn's very impressed, uh, and you know he he does admit that she is the most beautiful woman he has ever seen, so that he can get, get the antidote on her neck. In the meantime, we do get the other sand snakes rolling their eyes like they've seen this kind of thing before. How many, how many you men know, is she murder just to get a compliment? <laughs> like, if, yeah. seems pretty if, common. If she if like she tossed tossed him the antidote and she was like, hey, it's not that's not an antidote, and he just died in that scene, I would have liked this scene a lot more. Because it seems weird, right? Why would she want to keep him alive? It well, seems like they're almost wanting to team up with him and do something in the yeah. future, like have him join them. Yeah, yeah I think there's the point no otherwise? reason. <laughs> there's no reason to kill him now because they're, they're both in the same situation. And maybe, you know, she, she liked his voice or something. Like, I get why she might want to save him. I just... It was a very just distracting Having, having Bronn die while singing the song about a guy who died by a Dornishman, it would have been fucking perfect. It, it would have been. I thought, I thought been that's what they were doing. And then they just... They literally threw the antidote. I still and I would have, I would have hated it. I would have been like, oh no, Braun. But I would have also been like, oh, it was so great, you know. Like, no, I don't want him to die. I love, I love. He's, a, he's an amazing actor, and Braun's awesome. But it would have just been fitting. Then, but who knows? I don't know what's someone. He's just probably gonna die when he, when they try to break free. So, 
It might just be trolling. I hope Bronze alive, and now he's dead. Yeah, I mean, just in terms of like understanding what's going to happen next, like the Doran stuff is just so weird, and like I, I just can't predict. So I'm not going to say that it was pointless right now because maybe there is some kind of point. But it was. Strange. Yeah, this needs to go somewhere because right. it's currently this is this is so bad it's almost funny it's like a different I, show isn't Tain supposed to be really modest and like a septa no i thought they uh condensed like most of the sans names into three people yeah they they just they yeah. mash it all together mm-hmm. and True. make them one person basically mm-hmm. there's no distinguishing features etc except for their weapons it was except nice to get them in this context though i i thought it was kind of humanizing or at least more interesting to get I mean it wasn't much but it was something more for me where you know like they're rolling their eyes like it gave them some some like you know implied backstory there and yeah, a little character yeah. I still thought the scene was awful as I said before sure. yeah. though it definitely nursed my pet theory that uh, uh, Braun will be married to one of the sand snakes as his uh, prettier his noble punishment. woman that Jamie and weren't the sand snakes Doran marries them off to like lords all over the kingdom so and they seem to be a lot of tension between Braun and the sand snakes so problem solved (laughs) it's very stupid and if you're if you're having a like covert operation to get Marcel out of the water gardens why would you have slow acting poison on your weapons to use against Dornish men at arms I I don't know doesn't make sense to me well i think it's just like we always put poison on our weapons so it's already there and we got the antidote in case we slice someone we like i don't know like it's it, there didn't really seem to be a point to it but if you're all go, we fight for dawn or whatever like you're you're Nothing not gonna want to make sense it doesn't make <laughs> sense this guy brought us useful information torture him and th- put a spear through his head like whatever you know i mean they don't make sense they haven't sure, it's consistent nonsense at least they're <laughs> like consistent. this this is yeah this is better than what we've seen most of the season but it's still you know whatever i think at this point we just want to escape <laughs> we want to get out of this i can just picture like brendan tully like just waiting for jamie to get back to him because he's just you know, there's two seasons from <laughs> to get a good there. story over here <laughs> that would be awesome <laughs> like, just waiting here waiting for the siege we're all here just waiting for jamie to get there and that's where he'll probably end up anyway after this whole long season you'll know, still go to besiege river run oh yeah the riverlands they need to be taken care of let us move to maureen where we do have jorah and Tyrion being sold off with our we do get another awesome scene with our charismatic slaver guy he, he was quite good here the siege of a spike and whatnot <laughs> it was quite <laughs> okay. nice to see him so i'm confused here isn't one of the first things a slave owner would do you would think would be like inspect the new purchase and like yeah, see, you know look, look grace grayscale inspecting everyone else <laughs> yeah. like you think it, that would be a big deal or it you'd felt be like, Here, quite casual we've ra- yeah we've wrapped yeah. your hand up and don't touch anyone you know we've taken precautions or something yeah 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 there's a few things that are weird in the slave auction scene one for me is like why would he stop the bidding why wouldn't you just see if it went a little bit longer? Yeah. <laughs> like, sold for 20. Of money. I don't want it anymore. <laughs> That's all I need. Maybe there was like, a set 30? Do I hear 30? No? 25? There was a set buy it now price. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they had to buy it now every day. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of little they- weird things again with this. Like uh, Tyrion being the shit out of the guy that's completely bigger than him. <laughs> well, yeah, like completely uh, beating the shit out of him. That was fine because like, he caught him I, off guard, but like, how yeah. does this prove that he's a good fighter? <laughs> <laughs> and and why would slave, the balls. I guess. And why would slave traders and slave masters be happy that a slave is beating up the free guy? <laughs> they would not be happy about that. They'd be like, he's very disobedient. They all seem quite because amused. there are no slaves in Marine. Right, right. Another right. weird thing. <laughs> well, that's what he did. He did the token payment. Right. To them. Yeah. Token said, payment, payment. Oh, you're not slaves. 
you're getting wages. Like, yeah, here's your salary. But I feel like that Danny would would see through this, right? Like this, this is pretty thinly veiled. Maybe she's just writing off this whole chapter as like a painful must and ignoring all of the abuses surrounding sure. it. That makes sense, I guess. She clearly didn't want to be there. So first, we we zoom to Maureen where we have a nice scene with Danny and Dario talking about her marriage to his dar. Dario does admit that he is jealous and makes some bloody suggestions as to what to do with all the masters when the time for the great games comes. Where are the worthy masters from? Where are they? What city are they from? <laughs> That's but, my only complaint. So, so the one thing I'll say about the scene is I kind of like the fact that Dario is doing to Danny what Marjorie does to Tommen, right? So it kind of flips the cliche of like the femme fatale whispering in the ear of the protagonist to a, a masculine role. Because clearly, you know, what he says to her is to advance his own position and his own agenda. And mm. the question is, does Danny see that? So it creates a kind of interesting dynamic, or at least a change on a common trope. And he's just presenting the option of violence is the solution to all your yeah. problems. That's what little, he does. His little maximum of, of, of ruler is either a meat or a butcher was not the case but yeah that's dario right does since slavers bay the logic the sons of the harpy attacks have stopped now that danny's married his dar and that dario is seeding this notion that he's their leader it seems very rushed to me well he's not thinking logically there right because he's obviously jealous or whatever of, of his dar mm. so it's more just him being spiteful trying to sow yeah, suspicion yeah. joking jab or something instead right of yeah it wasn't as serious like you should look into this well there's there's no hyperbole like no other Miranese characters. <laughs> it has to be either him or, <laughs> yeah. or that, those weird that, guys that with chains prostitute. on their faces. Yeah. They don't have all those people whose names sound the same. Yeah. <laughs> no Resnick, more Resnick. <laughs> the best. He says that all rulers are butchers or meat. And later on in King's Landing, don't you think that Tommen looks a lot like me? Yeah, that was Even the thing I think they were trying going for, right? Weak or strong will to have to make right. the hard choices. I guess it makes sense. Let us move to the last bit we get in Marine with, with the fighting pit, the qualifying lower fighting pit place, where we first have Yez prepping his men for, for their death. And uh, they go out there and they see that Daenerys is here to, to view the, the, the spectacle. And, of course, they all have to stand up a little bit straighter because the queen is here. And they do, and they begin fighting. And Jorah sees that Danny is not pleased with this. Of course, Jorah and Tyrion left behind the, in the little waiting room. <laughs> and uh, Jorah, Jorah decides that he'll do something about this, and he breaks out. He begins taking out all of the men, non-lethal. Jorah's Batman. Yeah, Jorah's Batman. He just Batman. infects them all with his grayscale. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Jorah only kills people slowly, like the sand. He's part sports. of the A team. Yeah. So we do get this this moment here, and of course, eventually he reveals himself that he is Jorah, and Danny is not pleased. He was exiled, so not happy that he's back. But he says he has brought a gift, and the gift reveals himself to be none other than Tyrion Lannister, meeting Daenerys, <laughs> who escapes improbably. Come on. Ah, but he was what helped the fuck out. was that? He was helped he out helped. by his friend, the big man, who some people think is Bell was cameo. <laughs> it's because he's a oh. fat. It's because he's fat. Bad. Bad. Maybe it looks more like Mord from uh, <laughs> yeah. Eerie. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it is Mord. Yeah. Maybe it is Mord. <laughs> he's moved up in the world. Or at least laterally. Yeah, he wants to help out his Palatiri. He did have a cool looking weapon. That was apparently able to cut through chain very easily. Well, that, that was part of the thing that the people were saying, because it's like an arc kind of curved shape. With a giant weight on the end. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> Valerian Mord. Valerian Mord. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the point of that was. Like, why would this random guy, like, again, it's just these weird illogical yeah, things. Yeah, they're like, so silly. Why would it's he save him? Just for the scene. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, none of it needed to happen anyway. Tyrion could have just sat there twirling his thumbs. But and... then you wouldn't have then you wouldn't have Tyrion masturbating gifts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was <laughs> my biggest takeaway from this. <laughs> once once Jorah's like, look, I bought. I, here's who I brought you, and obviously they would go check and pull him out at that point. So this just saves some time, I guess. So he can have his big dramatic. I'm the gift. Hello, hello, Tyrion. <laughs> What's up, heir to Castle Rock? I think still. Yeah, <laughs> I think he's a tainted. Of all he's like, well, if you. If, if you're queen, I am, right? Sure. So what did we think of this bit here? This did not reveal? want it. Did not want it. Yeah. <laughs> it does seem, does seem like that slaver's uh, financial calculations couldn't have been right. If he buys slaves and then they all kill each other, and he has one left and moves on to the next round. That might be the, the one that moves on to the next round would then win him a lot of gold by winning the tournament. Exponentially more than all the rest. Yeah, like they uh, like weren't selling tickets here. No. <laughs> Nobody. We do, of course, no. get the return of Khaleesi as a title uh, with Jorah. And he's just, just Khaleesi, a moment of your time. I just want to... Well, that's, that's her name, right? I think so. <laughs> yes, that is her name. It's her first yeah. name, yeah. <laughs> Khaleesi Targaryen. Stop. Queen of the Elves. <laughs> first of her name. <laughs> God damn it. Some people were saying that the... the Fight choreography was weird. I thought it was pretty good. I thought it, you know, it was cool to see. Jorah I liked it beat, too. Beating it down. I liked I it. No complaints. It was better than Dorn. Yeah, it's better yeah, than Dorn. It was a lot better. <laughs> Low benchmark. He yeah. was wearing a helmet. Yeah, he was. <laughs> he was for safety. He course. was, yeah, for, for the covert operation. <laughs> yeah, like this is such a blatant ripoff of Gladiator, like condensed into a five-minute scene. It's it's insane. Um, um, it's an homage. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. <laughs> they didn't say we who are about to die salute you. They said we're <laughs> glorious queen. <laughs> and Danny didn't get to do the thumbs up or thumbs sideways. Yeah. Look yeah. at you. I'm the only one not complaining about how they didn't keep it Roman. So way to go, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, Greg, what did you think about it? I quite enjoyed it, actually. <laughs> Excellent. Well, except for the ending, though, right? Because it's just weird. Well, yeah, no, the, the fighting scene was fine. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's strange to get them meeting obviously this hasn't happened yet in the books uh we get teased for it we think it's gonna happen but it hasn't happened so it was weird to just because we didn't expect it to happen in this episode we expected it to happen in the last episode of Daznax, but we get it here yeah that's where i figured but every we were all teased like way early on with that scene of the of danny and Tyrion sitting like on a, on a cushion chair everyone's like oh look they're they're just hanging out so they must have met early but didn't it come out that that was like an off-camera shot that that was just them like yeah. hanging out <laughs> So that's what I just assumed, but then that's obviously probably not going to happen. It's, it, it is, they are going to be hanging out. Today. I mean, it makes sense because they have to set up what happens there. I guess they have to give it a chance for, for Tyrion to get into her good graces, and I think that they're setting up her making Jorah fight in the pit, right? So This is like a Winds of Winter spoiler, but we expect it in dance. Yeah, we expected to see it in dance, for sure. Yeah. Except, except Barristan probably wouldn't be dead. Nope. Well, it's different. Because here different. she has no one, and you kind of feel like she should be like, Jorah, I'm really mad at you. Let's talk in private, because I need help. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, she, maybe she'll get to that point, but I think she's blinded, you know, by, you know, she's still upset with him. I think it makes sense. Yeah, and no, if you read uh, D&D's comment on it, why they made this, it was basically like, we were frustrated it didn't happen in the novel. We felt it was creatively necessary, <laughs> because we wanted it to happen. Which, that's an eye roll worthy statement. Yeah. There's no fleet of ironborn ships. There's a lot of stuff I wanted to happen <laughs> that didn't happen. That's, I don't think that's an excuse for it to happen too early. Tyrion though. finds a dragon egg, chapter one. <laughs> <laughs> Tyrion trains his dragon. 
he's like he's like on his own for a whole book and comes out with like a bigger dragon than everyone else because he's figured out the science. He's got a, a secret yeah, dragon saddle. Yeah, I, they I know they don't like humans or sheep. They they really love to eat rabbits, and uh, it's hard for them to catch them though. <laughs> the show watchers who are not book readers probably want this to happen much more than as book readers. I, I don't think there's anything particularly wrong. It seems it's anticlimactic. That's all, and. It's anticlimactic to us because we see these two people as really important characters throughout the books. But to each other, Tyrion to Daenerys is almost nobody because he's just a minor Targaryen person. He's not even Tywin. She probably heard of Tywin Lannister, but I don't know. Are you saying that Tyrion's a Targaryen? Yeah, that's also weird, like what I mean, Jorah's aim was, because is he bringing yeah. Tyrion to Danny as a saying, look, this guy, this is the son of the man who killed you, who took part in killing, destroying your house, kill him. And then Danny, Tyrion comes out like, yo, I'm here. I'm going to help you. Like it's he would have to build up to that. I mean, sure, they'll show some of that, but it's yeah. weird that he he's showing up like you need me where he should be like begging her to not kill him. Yeah. I think his, his plan yeah. was kind of not really fully put together. And we kind of see that with how lackadaisically he was treating Tyrion. Like he didn't even care if he didn't get bought by the guy. Yeah. <laughs> so he's, he's mm. definitely not thinking, you know, these things through here. He, he's almost, he's almost back to old Khaleesi and he just don't care. Yeah. Old Khaleesi. The grayscale is hey, affecting mean, his reasoning. It does do that. Doesn't it? That's what we learned from the show. It actually drives you crazy. Well, eventually I don't think we're there yet. Yeah. <laughs> It's a, a weak constitution. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Let us move to King's Landing, where we do get Olena meeting with the High Sparrow, trying to negotiate the release of her two grandchildren. But it turns out that, as we know, the High Sparrow cannot be bought, and uh, Olena pretty much hits a brick wall here with this strategy, so she is forced to reassess. And we do get the, the sort of the comments, you know, the High Sparrow is like, I everyone will be judged evenly. It's all about equality here, and, and you know, the highest lord and the lowest peasant. Everyone that breaks the law of the gods will be judged. And we also get to get an interesting sort of moment where Olena threatens to cut off the supply of, of Tyrell goods to King's Landing, and he says that maybe that they're not going to be able to make that call soon, because if the Lowborn don't see that the, the Highborn have, have the power to, to direct them, then bad things happen. Fuck yeah, Occupy Westeros. Yeah, Occupy <laughs> <laughs> That was definitely sort of my impression. Alright. I like, I like how they had that old people moment, where they're like, uh, yes. oh, my <laughs> hip, oh, my knees. <laughs> <laughs> That was nice. Uh, just two really good actors just playing off each other. It was cool. I'm really liking the acting for the High Sparrow, Jonathan Price. He's doing a really good job. Dude, he's doing amazing. The Do framing the of them as silhouettes against the seven-pointed star was really nice, too. It was a good shot. I like it. Do you think the sparrows are actually administering justice on all the small people yeah. that are also sinning or do you think they're just going for high profile targets well so Elena makes like, this they point they took out the brothel and like we're breaking people's casks and stuff but are they actually imprisoning regular folks Elena makes this point that, that the whole king's landing is corrupt so they would have to imprison everybody basically but it does feel like that they're being a little bit you know maybe not fully equal on this they are maybe even targeting certain people like these, these highborn people because they you know have an axe to grind with the way things have been run if, if, they, if they are you just don't see it True. It will, and people just won't see it anyways. Nobody cares. People care about Marjorie. People care about imprisoning the queen. Yeah. It, 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 sends, it sends messages. I think they're about sending messages. That's true. That's a good point. I, it is. It is kind of like it's like, are you really equal though? Like, because there's so many other people that you could, that you should be persecuting. You're not. 
I think there is something to be said for for there being a little bit. They're not, they're not their intentions are kind of flawed, obviously. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. And the people in, in the books, Margaret. they're bringing in like the bones of like the Septons that have been burned and raped and everything else from the wolves and the lions, and they they're really like the 1% are going against the 1%. Mm-hmm. It's like, nope, you didn't protect us like you said you could. And I think in the books, that's why Cersei was like, oh, well, well, yeah, you guys can have the right to bear arms, and now they are bearing arms, and no one likes it. Hashtag Occupy Fleet Bottom. Hashtag Rick. <laughs> Hashtag Rick. So we do get the next scene with, well, first we get the ending of this bit. We get Elena receiving a letter from, from Littlefinger, I guess it's kind of implied, Mockingbird on the... On the a freaking uh, huge letter. That was like a yeah. full, long <laughs> scroll, so she had a lot to say. <laughs> lot to... <laughs> In case I, she didn't know where it came from, he put the giant-ass the, you know, Mockingbird seal on it, too. So. It included directions, that's why it was so large. Yeah. It's hard to find that brothel. <laughs> so we do get this next scene with Tom, and he is very upset at his inability to do anything about this whole situation with for, you know, Marjorie, his lady love. He loves her. Cersei talks him down, as she has been doing a lot lately. You know, says, I'll handle it. I have the best intentions for I you. Got this. I love you. You're my son, and, and I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually felt for Tom yeah. a little bit in this scene. You know, he probably Me doesn't too. love her. He's, he's enamored with her, but he was generally at the end of his it was it was kind of heartbreaking a little bit i keep thinking though what's what are the gold cloaks doing because there's supposed to be what two thousand <laughs> gold cloaks and that's the they're basically the lannisters or little fingers pocket so they should be able to take out some freaking zealots with clubs what? you know can't oh, be well, hundreds no. Of well no that's because the point, in that scene when they're there. Smashing everything else, they turn their backs because Cersei told them to. Well, yeah, but now she can tell them not to when she realizes. Well, yeah. change orders. Well, she doesn't want to. She doesn't think right, she's in yet. danger yet. And then she can't do anything about it because she obviously. Tommen's the king. He could go up to some gold cloaks. Like, but Tommen is Tommen. He, he he's you know he's he's having he's trouble. He's five kings guard that just want to kill people. So yeah, we'll see what he does. Like now that Cersei's imprisoned, right? Yeah, That'll next episode he's just by himself. Yeah. yeah. If he continues to have an action there, then it'll just be like he's totally passive. Not doing Let's anything. Just distract them with Sir Pounds. Yeah. Let them play with them and sneak in to get Marjorie back. Yeah. There's an interesting callback in the episode where Tommen yells, I I am the king, which Joffrey right. yells at Tywin, and Tywin tells him anyone that has to yell that is not the true king. So it kind of cements the fact that Tommen is fairly powerless in the situation, not just because his mother is actively infantilizing him, but because like the situation is dangerously spiraling out of control. We do get that again with Cersei later. I am the queen. Well, we get that with Marjorie. Mm-hmm last episode yeah so it's a it's a thing across across the board you know having to prove that you are in power it kind of shows that you do not have power as we are seeing yeah. here we do get the next moment being olena meeting with Littlefinger in in his ruined destroyed brothel where he kind of poses the it's kind of weird like ambiguous like uh olena is like i need your help and if you don't help me and my house falls i will tell them about your involvement in joffrey's murder and then then Littlefinger says that he will help her in the same way he helped cersei with a handsome young man and i wonder who this could be because I, I if it's Lancel that is so stupid it's Lancel that's so stupid though because Lancel be, though? Well, well, I, well I saw an interesting Gendry. theory that it could be Oliver's dead body and and of course with that he couldn't testify against Loras but the thing the thing that makes no sense with Lancel though is if he's already confessed this to the High Sparrow why did it need Littlefinger and Elena's prompting for the High Sparrow to persecute Cersei if he's already let go of this burden like weeks and weeks ago 
Why is this and, a new development? And she, he, he, that it was something that Cersei didn't know about. And Cersei knew that Lancel was there and knew that she had slept with Lancel. Yeah. And he kind of even tells her, like, he makes some veiled threats and she doesn't... I mean, that's Cersei, though. She's lying to the consequences. But it's just strange that they needed to establish that, I guess, Littlefinger or Elena is pushing this to happen. I don't understand that. Sparrow wouldn't be swayed by anything that Olena or Littlefinger said. Exactly. Right. The High Sparrow's like, well, if they confess, they'll get the Mother's mercy. Do you think Lancel's got all his man parts? Oh, I don't think the mother takes man parts. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Have you read the seven-pointed star? (laughs) If if, if he's granted the mother's mercy after confessing the sins that he did, which which are great. Lancel had to to walk around naked for a whole year to prove that he was (laughs) He had to join them. That's his punishment. (laughs) Just I don't understand that logic if it's Lancel. It just, again, it's just one of these things where I see, like, like, why? Like, the doesn't make any sense for Elena to be the or for Littlefinger to be the catalyst for Cersei being imprisoned. Well, I don't know because Olivar apparently escaped unscathed for his buggery. So yeah, I mean, this could be showing that the the High Sparrow is not as, you know, he's not as put together as we see. Maybe he does have ulterior motives that he's just doing a good job hiding. I don't think so, but maybe that that is what they're trying to say. I do think it would be cool if he produces Gendry and tries to prove that uh, Tommen isn't Cersei's or isn't Hmm. Robert's son. If he produced Gendry, that would be pretty awesome, yeah, I guess. <laughs> just to see him again. But we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, we will yep. see. Mm-hmm. Moving to the last bit, or at least the last couple scenes we get in the show in King's Landing, is Cersei first bringing food to Marjorie in her cell, some venison. I felt like it should have been boar. I felt like that would have been more Cersei. Yeah. Either way, she ate it last night. Yeah, she ate it last night. It was delicious, but Marjorie is not interested. Not totally against Cersei at this point, overtly against her, at least in this not public viewing. Calls her a hateful bitch she she throws the, the venison at her. Do you think when you go into these jail cells, they just rub dirt all over you? <laughs> Did you just, is that like a gradual process? Because it's like you're clean or you're just covered in shit. Yeah, I really think the yeah. whole Marjorie scene is just to set up what happens to Cersei at the end. Because, right? of course, show. Cersei is so smug. Yeah. Going out of yeah. yeah, and really yep. twist the knife on Cersei. Mm-hmm. And we do get her then going to visit the High Sparrow, I guess just to hang out, because she obviously has no intention of doing anything for Marjorie. and the High Sparrow talks about how he's going to go through with the trial, that there's there's definite evidence to show that Loras and Marjorie are worth trying, and uh, he turns the tables and says, what would happen if we took away all your finery, and, and Cersei just stands there stunned, like, incapable of fathoming that she would be targeted. She tries to walk out of there, but the Septas do grab her, throw her Septa in a cell. Septa Hianella. Yeah, yeah, we do get her. We can right? give Brienne a run for her money. That woman was tall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Quite imposing. But yeah, we do get Cersei thrown in the cell. And of course, for people that don't like Cersei, this is definitely like a fist bump to see her finally get her comeuppance. I, I, I was happy they ended it with this because if they drag, drag that out for another episode, it would have been, it would not have had the impact, I don't think. Yes, Jonathan Price is an awesome actor. Yeah, that scene is so good. Yeah. Well, the lingering, that lingering shot on him with him saying nothing was just, it was priceless. And it was some it really was cool... Priceless. As far as I... Priceless. Very nice. Hashtag Greg. It was... Fuck off. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was turning. It was some... <laughs> 
<laughs> it was some very cool invented exposition as far as I know, the whole idea of there being a, a shrine in the middle of the Sept of Baelor that he built around that was kind of older mm-hmm. and more basic and that was a cool little bit to sort of give him more more detail. I like that. No, I think it's like exactly like where Christ is supposedly entombed, where they built this huge cathedral over a right. very simple tomb. I was just going to praise Lena Headey's facial expressions throughout when she's kind of <laughs> contemplating what's going on and looking both ways and yeah. like, what's going on here? What's this now? Okay. <laughs> It was quite amusing and, and effective. I wonder if that scene was shocking to some of the show watchers who believed that Cersei was actually controlling the High Sparrow. Because all the other characters in the show are under the impression that he's her puppet and that they're doing whatever she wants them to do. And the interactions between them, you could take it away that there's kind of a wink and a nod going on between the two of them. But we know that they're acting independently of each other. So I wonder what a show viewer took away from it. I, I'm, I'm sure there were plenty of people like, yeah, finally, Cersei finally gets what's coming. I, I, I think that the, the way they're kind of establishing it, it makes sense that they would think that he is not in her pocket. It seems like he's above that. I think they did a good job kind of making that point. Mm-hmm. Are we getting the Walk of Shame next episode, do you guys think? Mm-hmm. Kind of quick, yeah. but maybe... Maybe episode nine. Things are going either either there she's not in next episode or I think it happens next episode. I, I guess maybe what they could do is next season bring Kevin or next episode bring Kevin back and he can say these are your options if you want to get back in a position and, and do that whole thing. That would be good. Do a quick check in with Tommen in a small council now completely devoid of counselors basically. <laughs> it's just, just Tommen there. Tommen and Pycelle. Tommen and Kyburn. Creepy duo and Tommen. God. So good thing Kevin shows up before something unforgivable happens. I'm trying to think um, of a good see, pun here. I don't think two and a half maesters works, but it's close. <laughs> I'd love oh, to see Kyburn yeah. go and talk to the High Sparrow. That'd be a good talk. That would Very be different worldviews. That would be a good one. Why would that happen, though, is the thing? <laughs> What would his impetus be? To talk he's to gotta, Cersei. He's got to introduce Frank and Gregor ah, for the final scene. Ah, yes. yeah. That could be a good, good thing there. You know, there's nothing in the Seven Point of Star about zombies, is there? <laughs> <laughs> Not mentioned. I didn't see it in there. I'm sure <laughs> defiling the dead is very explicitly listed in, yeah. in the Yeah, or if he never died. Uh, I guess. Definitely not up on my Seven Pointed Star. No. I thought it would have been funny if they threw uh, Cersei in Marjorie's cell and she was like, oh, welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're kind of running out of space here. Would you like some venom? <laughs> or if there was like a gate at the bottom so that Marjorie knew she was in there. Something to let her know that now they're both screwed together. I thought that I think you're right. That would be good. I think she's her her offense isn't all that. You know, it's like at, at this point, it's, I could easily see. I mean, they waited so long to bring Cersei and this guy's clearly bent. He's supposed to be incorruptible, but he's clearly he's got his own rules that he's playing by. Yeah. And the people love her. Like, I just can't see her staying in there very long. I mean, maybe maybe she's not released yet, but I feel like she's out of there pretty soon. I do feel like she's most likely to, you know, the trial is not going to you know, end in her anything bad happening to her necessarily. Mm-hmm. I don't think she's out yet, but yeah, I think that she'll probably probably come out of this pretty clean. Yeah, I can't imagine her, like, walking through the streets of King Landing and people, like, throwing shit on her saying, liar, you lied, you lied. Like, there's so much other crap. <laughs> you lied under oath. You know? Who would do that? They're like, please, walk <laughs> <your> <laughs> I'm throwing my own food at you. <laughs> I'm starving, but you're gonna have this tomato. Yeah, I don't think that that perjury compared to everything that Cersei's done. Marjorie will get off okay. And also, it's like it's he said, she said. It's perjury is it though? How, even if they find Loras guilty, did she really know? This guy just says she did. So right, like I said last week, all they have is this one witness that was a squire that could have seen his birthmark any time that he was dressing him for war or armor yeah. or whatever. They could and go he has, full. He has no 
standing. He has no like right. it, they act like he's like some impunable. You know, he he's he's also guilty of what you're accusing Loris of. In terms of there being not much evidence, I mean, they could just go full like kangaroo court kind of thing here, where they don't even take any kind of testimony seriously and they just sentence them because they do have some kind of agenda. I think that that's well, plausible. And what if what if yeah? What if at the end of the day it was it's really because they knew about Cersei all along. So that's like their 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 end game, and all of yeah. this was really just their game. So okay, so you know, Loras, hey, just confess, and we'll give you mercy, and mm. you know, okay, uh, you you know, pay us a penalty, and you know, bad, 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 and then they send him away. Don't don't be doing that no more. <laughs> <laughs> Cersei would be so upset. <laughs> Using the Tyrells as bait, that Cersei would have to come and gloat over so they could catch her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They'd let her let her like tie her own rope a bit, but and get and they had to they had to you know he had to get what he wanted out of her first too right. But I mean because he had to know. I mean L- Lancel's been there the whole time. He had to know yeah. the whole every conversation. He was thinking this in his head. So so was the whole plan just to get her in the in the sept? Was that the well? Whole... She's been in the sept before. I think I think yeah. there's probably things that they wanted to be reinst- you know reinstate right. the the faith militant and gain a little power and by Cersei allowing them to arrest Marjorie and arrest and all this and, mm-hmm. and Tommen's shown impotent it actually gives them more more legitimacy that makes yeah that's a really good point and that's why I, that makes so much more sense than Olena being like oh there's stuff going on with Cersei too that makes way more sense than that yeah and I, I think that, right. that's the way I'm interpreting it I hope they don't be like oh I, I little finger I activated the Lancel card yeah, you've activated <laughs> my trap I, I believe we are finished here good episode I think I think the resounding feelings I'm getting from the from you guys on this was was meh for episode seven here the gift I guess that makes sense. I hope that we get a bit more of an upswing on these last three. Typically, that's kind of when things get rocking. We do, looks like we do get hard home next time around, so it'll be interesting to see how the show does that. That is it, guys. Thank you for listening to Dragoncast. Thank you guys for joining me, and we'll be back next week for episode eight, Hard Home. Bye. Bye. The Donishman's wife was as fair as the sun, and her kisses were warmer than spring. But the Dornishman's blade was made of black steel And its kiss was a terrible thing The Dornishman's wife would sing as she bathed In a voice that was sweet as a peach But the Dornishman's blade had a song of its own And a bite sharp and cold as a leech as he lay on the ground with the darkness around and the taste of his blood on his tongue his brothers knelt by him and prayed him a prayer and he smiled and he laughed and he sung brothers oh brothers my days here the Dornishman's taken my life But what does it matter For all men must die And I've tasted the Dornishman's wife Oh yeah, if uh, it seems like we have enough people interested in that So uh, we're gonna do I don't know, make it like an official announcement But if you're interested in playing book bingo Go to the forums and sign up Greg, what is book bingo? Yeah. Book bingo. So tell us more about book bingo. (laughs) 
Uh, I first <laughs> heard about funny. it from the Books on the Nightstand podcast, which is uh, a nice, uh, really fun, you know, bookish podcast where there's like 50 different categories and they're these randomly generated bingo boards. And basically you pick a line and it kind of, you know, the idea is to get you to read stuff that you wouldn't normally read, you know, or stuff out of your comfort zone. So it's, uh, I've done it the last couple of years and it's, it's fun to get you to read some different stuff. You know, it'll be like, you know, a book with an animal on the cover or, you know, a pre 19th century literature or something like that. And just, mm-hmm. uh, try to read it's only four or five books so you just try to read five books that you might not not have read and or compete you, with people or you can do alex's idea and try to conflate Examples? all of the things into one book <laughs> yes <laughs> make that happen are we able to cheat and like do half of them audiobooks well audiobooks are still reading that's not reading that's <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. It's technically not i mean yeah. that's the entire thing about reading you right? must experience the books you don't have to read I'm them like, you could listen I'm like 50-50 on my audiobook. To Especially book if one of the squares is audiobook. You're allowed to listen to an audiobook. <laughs> <laughs> Only the plebs read by audiobook. I examine with my eyes. <laughs> well, Duncan did just put up the uh, the North episode we did on YouTube, and someone posted, best part ever, and it was oh, the sorry. line that you did about, uh, said, Lord Seaworth, would you care to dine? <laughs> you got fans. That's my only skill. <laughs> <laughs> Alex's fans are the same people who hate being... It's a weird Venn diagram. Well, you know. Repartee? So I just wanted to get that in there. Repartee? (laughs) Oh, God. Hashtag Greg. Someone mentioned Hashtag Greg. Are you Yankees not entertained? Hashtag Greg. See, by the time I actually get on Twitter, this will all just be so far in the past, and I'll try to, like, resurrect it and be like, Wee. Hey, guys, how about that hashtag Greg? <laughs> that was cool, right? I wouldn't even involved in that.